Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back at a Chuckery Show. Halfway home on this Sunday morning. Now into afternoon with you. 404-726-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. At uh, JMCH316 on Twitter, he's at GChapATL on his Twitter page. Garrett in the house uh, here producing today. Uh, I'll be back with you on Monday as uh, Day Day and I will be back together coming up Monday night. You know, young Garrett, um, <laughs> I, I, I have to laugh. So we heard we heard that Sham Sharinia talked about the idea of the Hawks, Atlanta Hawks made an offer to uh to to get Piasco Siakam. Um and, and I thought it was an insulting offer in a lot of ways. Again, DeAndre Hunter and AJ Griffin plus some draft picks. You're trash and some draft picks with a decent player for a multi-time all NBA player. But Here's what's funny is, and I don't know how much you've seen of the Hawks rumors and all this kind of stuff, but the Hawks are rumored to be in every trade imaginable. Paul George, Pascal Siakam, like on and on and on and on that all of these guys that they are rumored to be in the mix with. Can I tell you, the Hawks aren't making any of those moves. The Hawks are not going to – the Hawks are going to basically run this thing back. Yes, they moved on from John Collins. They freed up cap space. They're getting themselves under the luxury tax. But they're going to just run this thing back. The idea that they would take on Pascal Siakam and make that kind of move and then pay him max money, I ain't buying it. The idea that they would take on Paul George and his – Again, <clears throat> what's Paul George making? You know, about two hundred million or something like that. Uh, they're also not going to pay that much for a rental with Pascal Siakam. If, right. if there's Pascal Siakam has made it clear he wants to stay in Toronto. Right. And so he why and, would and, he? Why would we trade the farm for somebody who well, doesn't want to be here? Well, you're not even trading the farm. You're you're you're, you're taking your tra- one of your trash players and yeah, that's yes. o- that's over that's overpriced, and you're taking draft picks again. The, I've seen some. I've seen some of these trade whatevers that have been. I'm going to call them offers because they're just rumors. But 
like I've seen some that have included like AJ Griffin and and Kobe Bufkin and, and, and like you're trying well, to well, trade so many of your young players. Right. I'm like, Here, guys, come on. Here's here's one here's one on a, on a Hawks trade for Paul George. How about this one, Garrett? Bogey, DeAndre Hunter, Kobe Bufkin, and next year's first round pick for Paul George. Well, you can't trade Bogey for another couple of months because of the new contract. But I, I mean, I don't want Paul George. No, I don't either. Like, why? Why would we trade for a guy like Paul George? That's a ball dominant guard. I guess he's not a guard; he's a wing. But he's ball dominant. Why do he, we want somebody who's? We already have Trey Young here, and this is Jonte Murray. Who's going to shoot? We ne- need a complimentary piece. Next year, he's got a fifty million dollar option. Uh, you, you want Paul George at a fifty no. million dollar price tag? By I don't want way, him at twenty million dollars. By the way, that's a player option. His he doesn't ne- play more than forty games a year. Right. What are we doing? Right. Well, again, that, that complimentary pieces. We need complimentary pieces to complement Trey Young. That that's been that's been my, you know, I, I that's the thing that amazed me about the Anthony Davis contract. You, you realize Anthony Davis for five years, Garrett for five years running, he's played a grand total of two hundred and fifty games. 250 games in five years, and he got $200 million. Yeah, but the peak of Anthony Davis is one of the best five or ten players in the NBA. Great. I get it. Great. I get he, that. Great. Co- he plays 50 games a year. 50. I know, that, that's, but the, that's, those 50, he's the best, one of the best players okay. in basketball. I, that I understand. Paul George is not that. No, he, no, I, I get that. that. I'm, I'm not telling you Paul – I'm not comparing Paul George and Anthony Davis. Okay. I'm comparing playing 50, playing 60% of his schedule – because you can't rely on Anthony Davis come come the well, second if half. If the Lakers of year. didn't do it, somebody else would because he's that good. No, his potential is that good. I mean, again, you're right. You you can't miss 32 games a year over a five year stretch and tell me that you're one of the best players in the NBA. Again, I know when he plays, he's really good. You can't have a guy play 60 percent of the time and have and build your roster around a guy like that. But Again, be that as it may, the Hawks have been rumored to all these crazy deals. And at the end of the day, they're not going – again, it's it's fodder, right? I mean, I, and I understand. All these blogospheres have to write about something for the Atlanta Hawks. You know why they have to write about all of these rumored trade rumors and all this innuendo and all? You know why? Because the real-life thing is not happening. Because the real-life aspect of what the Hawks are going to do isn't exciting. Because, again, their roster's not better today than it was when they lost to Boston. It's not a better roster. And the reality is, is that since they're not going to do anything, and, and by and large, and I tried to tell Caleb this on draft night, they've moved on from John Collins, they freed up the money that they had to, and they're going to, by and large, they're going to roll with the same roster that they had last year. Give or take a piece or two, you know, on the bottom end of their bench. But they're regular players. They're going to roll with all of those guys. Yeah, and by the time we get to the trade deadline, I think we'll have a better idea of what they want to do. Uh, I don't. I, I've gone back and forth for a long time. I thought we were going to make a move, but the closer we actually get to the NBA season, I really just don't see no, a move. They're in there. not. There's because they're kind of hamstrung. I mean, there's not much you can do. No, 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 no. They're not. They're not hamstrung. They have if they want to move pieces, they can move pieces. They have they have a twenty-five million dollar available exemption. They could in using that to trade for a player, 
they can add $25 million onto that trade. Because, again, in the NBA, you have to kind of make the money sort of match up. They have a $25 million exemption because of the John Collins trade. They can trade for a big guy, a, a, a high-priced player, and not have to make the money work out. Now, again, it's going to hit you on the back end when you pay the luxury tax, and that's been the problem. They're not going to get themselves into any kind of – and I'm not saying that you get into the luxury tax just because, but you have a max player, you have, you have a an extended max player, and a super max guy. You're going to have to get into the luxury tax at some point. It, it's hard to have a super max guy who takes up a third of the uh, cap space in in luxury tax terms and not be in you know not be in that fold. You know when you have a forty five fifty million dollar year player, which Trey Young is going to be. Over these next couple of years, he's going to be a high 40s million-dollar player, and I got no problem with that. But the idea that you're going to keep your roster under the luxury tax when you have him and DeJounte Murray making the kind of money they're going to make, you're going to, you're going to, fight, you're going to end up with a bunch of vagabonds. You're going to end up with a bunch of young guys and vagabonds that are just role players. You're going to have to. But this idea that, that the Hawks are – you know, in on all these conversations, I, I understand that that these websites have to put out content, right? Well, Paul George and this guy and that guy. And I, I mean, how many trade rumors have we seen for the Atlanta Hawks this offseason? Like ev- they're they're involved in every trade rumor imaginable. It's enough that whenever I see a new one on Twitter, I just scroll past it. Yeah, exactly. Wake me it's up like, when uh, September ends, man. Right. Right. Again, what is it? Uh, it's either October second or third is when training camp opens. Something like that. that's yeah. what I'm saying. Wake me up. Green, little Green Day reference. And, yeah. Uh, and, it, and it's kind of applicable here. Uh, I mean, I, 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 I thought you were going to do George Michael. Wake me up before you go go. But anyway, no, I'm, I'm a millennial. Yeah, that's, that's what I am. Yeah, yeah. Green Day was my my anthem. You, you can. Were, were you bo- were you born before George Michael died? When did he die? I don't know, like 2018 or something like that. I'm not sure. I I, yeah. I think I was just a. I think I was. I might have been uh, learning to walk then. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Still trying to figure that part out. Right. But anyway, I mean, look, it's it's ridiculous that that the Hawks are. And again, I know you got to write content, but none of this is going to materialize. None, none of this is going to come to fruition. If the best offer, if the best offer for arguably the best player that might be moved was one of your overpriced pieces and some draft picks and a decent kid, you know, who's coming into his second year, and that's what you're going to trade for an all NBA guy, multi-time NBA, all NBA guy. How you think you're? How you going to get involved in? You know, Paul George at $50 million a year or this player or that player. Like, none of this is going to happen. And, and I think I, I think, I think, think there's a lot of Hawks fans that hold out hope that this roster is magically going to become bigger. But I've been saying it for months and months and months. Listen, your, your partner, you know, uh, Garrett, your partner, um, Caleb, you know, we were at the NBA draft. And I said, they're going to run it back. I said, they're, they're – They'll they'll make their draft picks and you know they'll, they'll they've gotten rid of Collins and and they freed up the money that they need to free up and they're going to stay under the luxury tax and they're going to have about what do they got nine million dollars of cap space they may sign a just a journeyman player but they're not going to sign anybody of of merit they're not going to trade Are the Hawks for ever going to go merit. for it no of course not no that's that's what I've asked I, I when mean are we going to do it I, I mean what are we doing I mean again if if you 
Here's the for, thing. For here. a decade, we were asking, oh, all we need is a star. All we need is a star. We finally get the star, and now we, we don't want to do anything Hold else. Hold on. We have two stars on our roster. Well, uh, I'm just saying, oh, we've been, we clamored okay, and begged, but begged the if, basketball gods to bring us a star. If, we finally have one, and we're not doing anything with if you, it. If, if all you're going to offer for Pascal Siakam, if you're really going to go for it, make an offer that they, that they have to take. Make, make an offer that they have to take. Like, make an offer that says, we're going to get Pascal Siakam, not your high overpriced guy that's done nothing in the league, draft picks, and a second-year player. Offer them something that's of value. And if he's a rental, he's a rental. But if, we're, if we win an NBA title, we win an NBA title for it. I, again, I don't think Siakam puts us in the NBA final, but you never know. Uh, that's a guy that if you're going to go for it, go for it. If you're going to make that kind of, if you're going to make that kind of offer, make an offer. Especially if you have to overpay a little bit. I mean, again, it's not like he's some vagabond. He's certainly an upgrade over John Collins, and you would upgrade your raw. I don't care what you give up, short of giving up Trey or Dejounte Murray. Whatever you give up is going to make your roster instantly better. Instantly better. Even if you have to give up a bogey or a hunter or a buffkin or whatever. Your roster is instantly better. That's what I'm looking for. When are we better? We're not better. We're not a better roster right now. We're the same roster. They're the same. No, I mean, no, no. We're not the same roster. We're. I, I think we've taken a step back with losing John Collins. I'm not saying John Collins is a great player, but compared to what we have now, with, again, we've regressed as a roster. I don't. I, I kind of feel like it's going to be addition by subtraction with John Collins. All respect to John. I, I really like him. I, I think he's a great player, and I think he's going to have a great season out there in Utah. He needed the ball in his hands a little bit too much, and I, I think having somebody else in that role, a Sadiq Bay, somebody who can stretch the floor a little bit better, I think that might actually. Oh, by do the, the way, Hawks well. you know he's going to he, be. That's going to be brutal though, with Trey Young and Sadiq Bay on the floor at the same time. That's tough on the defensive end. By, by the way, you you only have Sadiq, you only have Sadiq Bay for one more year. Yeah, they better lock him up. Well, I mean, again, are they going to lock him up? Can they lock him up? I don't I mean, even he, know. He may be looking for starter type of money. Oh, I, he'll I, be looking for big money. He's, yeah. He's not going to sign anything. He's going to go to free agency. I, I'd oh, be yeah, very no surprised. Yeah. But, but, uh, and then there we are. We've got a hole now at uh, Power Forward again. So. Well, again, we, we can, you know, we can have rumors about trading for guys that we're never going to trade for. <laughs> you know, we can, we can get involved. In all. I mean, I don't even know where these rumors come from, by the way, too. Like, again, are we just throwing stuff at a wall and hoping that it will stick on these websites or, like, what? Because, again, I've seen every every player at some point. You know, again, there was rumors about Capella being traded on draft night. There was a lot of rumors about Capella was going to be traded on draft night to the Dallas Mavericks. There was a lot of rumors that uh, DeAndre Hunter was going to be traded on draft night to the Indiana Pacers. Nothing has come out of all of this. They got the guy off the books that they wanted to. Now you're going to basically run it back with these guys. All right, coming up next, we'll uh, get into That's Life. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. 
Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The beehive invades Atlanta. Chuck, we hanging out in the Key Studios on Sports Radio 1990 Game at uh, odyssey.com app. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, back at it, Chuckery Show. 921, live from the Kia Studios. You know what time it is. That's life. That's life. That's what all the people say. 404-726-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond Text Line to be a part of the show. Odyssey apps, how you catch us on the go. At JMCH316 on Twitter. He's at GChapATL on Twitter. We'll get to our top ten here in just a second. Um, have you gone to the Beyonce concert at all? Have I gone? Yes. No. I heard about it. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a big, con- big concert person. Really? I, I just, I don't know. I like concert. I went to Post Malone a couple weeks ago. Okay. And it was fun. Like, I have a great time at concerts. I'm a live, I like live sports mm-hmm. more than I like live music. Just my two cents. But was I just it, get kind of Was bored. that at State Farm or where was that at? Uh, he was down at the old Lakewood Amphitheater, which, oh, uh, which okay. is whatever the hell it's called now. Yeah, yeah. I, it's, it, it, yeah it's I don't even know. New what it's sponsored yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Who cares? But it's good. But Beyonce, I've heard, has been insane. Yeah, it's been. Um, I mean, it, you, you think about the two concerts that we've had here in town this year with Taylor Swift, where they basically had. I think 180,000 people. They had more people on MARTA than they did during the Super Bowl. Yeah. Which yeah. is incredible. I mean, it's, it's, been, it's been unbelievable, these two shows with Beyonce this weekend and Taylor mm-hmm. Swift back in August. Just the amount of people that have gone to these concerts. Just uh, And I think Beyonce, I think at her concert, right, they, they did, I think I saw that uh, they did not have the Halo board up and they also didn't have... There was something else that they did not have, but they didn't have the Halo board up Yikes. during her concert that they that she requested that the Halo board not be put up. And there was something else I think she had requested. Really? Yes, as part of as part of her concert. Um, so interesting. What, I, th- I figured you'd want the Halo board. I would think you would. I mean, just you know, again for for some of those seats. Now I haven't seen what ticket are tickets going for thousands. Um, just in the bad seats. I, I, I tried to get Taylor Swift tickets. Behind the stage was $1,100 to get in. That was his get-in price. You literally were going to sit behind the stage at Taylor Swift's concert. I don't know what get-in price is for, for Beyonce, but I would have to assume that's a hot ticket. $300. Okay, so that— See, I, I don't think—so the craziest thing with Beyonce, 
I, mean, I should say Taylor Swift, is the way she's marketed it has just been masterclass. She, she let me tell you. It's incredible what she's done. Let me tell you. It, the, the, the numbers that were reported by Forbes is that she's brought in $4.6 billion to the U.S. economy on her tour. $4.6 billion to the U.S. economy. Who needs a federal stimulus when you can just have Taylor Swift yeah. to a tour? Yeah. It's incredible. I, I mean, it's, that was crazy. Supposedly, she makes $13 million a night doing her concerts. $13 million uh, She a performs night. for four freaking yeah. hours. Yeah. And, and so, again, she gave... She gave she gave $55 million to um, her production team and her crazy. tour bus people and all that kind of stuff. But but the Beehive has been in town all weekend, and supposedly they were good shows. I mean, I'm not— I bet She's a great performer. Yeah, for, I mean, I, I, I like Beyonce. I wouldn't pay— I'm not paying part $300 to go watch her perform. And that's the other thing with these major concerts. Like, I'm not paying three—I'll I'll pay $300 to go see a, a, a big-time sporting event. Like, I paid $600, $700 to go watch the World Series. I'm not paying that to do anything else. How were your else. tickets? They were fine. Like, where, they were okay. where, where, where were your tickets at? I was in the 300s, okay. 300 section, but I okay. ended up going to the Chop House. Because okay. I had some friends who bought some standing room only, so I, went to, I wanted to go stand with them and be with them for that. But, but I was up in the nosebleeds, $700. It was expensive. It was the most expensive ticket I've Man, ever purchased. If, you, if you're spending that kind of money, why... Why would you? Why would you not? I guess be in your seats or whatever like that. But, I, I mean, just wanted to be with my friends. Yeah. You have friends? I got a couple. I got a couple. Did you pay? No. I, 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 I paid seven hundred dollars. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen. You know, I, I can have some friends for seven hundred dollars, but you know, again, they may not stay for a while. But anyway, um, today is national, or sorry, today is international left-handers day. So I am a left-hander. So. Um, as you can see, I'm I'm left-handed. So we are, as 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 we like to say with left-handers, we are in our right mind. Now I think there's only about ten. I think it's about ten percent of the population that is left-handers. I think I think it's a very small percentage of left-handers. And and there's is it that small though? Yeah, I think I think it's only like ten percent wow. of the population is left-handers. And and the the reputation has been that left-handed people are very creative. Is that I true? I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I'm very pretty creative. creative. Or not. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I. I well, you're a radio host, so I guess that's pretty creative. I guess, or I can just talk well. Um, eh, I don't know. A little bit of both. It made made it in my right brain or not. And, and again, the way my brain is, my brain doesn't function anymore. I mean, since I got zapped in my brain, I mean, you know, a few months ago or several months ago, you know, I mean, again, my brain doesn't function anyway. So it's 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 like all over the board. So the big the big white blotches that were on my brain uh, back in December. But anyway. So uh, happy, uh, happy International Left-Handers Day to all of us lefties that are in our right mind. This is your day, John. Go celebrate. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna celebrate with ten percent of the population. So, all right. Uh, tonight's top ten or today's top ten list. So speaking of concerts, and and I'm very interested to hear Garrett's list on this. Top ten concerts you'd pay money today to see perform. Ooh. Garrett, the list is yours. Or does, the, the floor is yours. I does think. it have to be somebody who... It can be anybody you want. Oh. So, number 10. I'm just going to go back in time. I'm going to say The Beatles. Okay. Just because I really like The Beatles. I'm somebody who's who's really enjoyed mm-hmm. their music going back the, the past couple... What's your favorite couples. Beatles album? The White Album. 
Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, I like most of them. I, I, that's the thing. I mean, they're they're just consistently good. Penny what? Lane's also a good one. I mean, I think. Like they've got what do you great think music. What do you think their best album is? I think the uh, depends on my mood. But White Album. I'm gonna say the White Album. Yeah, that's not their best album. You don't think which one? Which no. one? Re- re- the, their best album is Revolver. Revol- you think so? Revolver is far and away their best album. Yeah, I mean that that's when they first get into drugs and go all psychedelic. Oh, true. Um, Tax Man, Eleanor Rigby. I mean, it got to get you into my life. That's their best album. That's their best album, top to bottom. Their most overrated album is Sgt. Pepper. Sgt. Pepper's trash. I'm I'm not a big star. That's too. That was too LSD esque. Yeah. I mean, it's it's the most overrated album in music history. I, I'll say it. I, and I'm a I'm the biggest Beatles fan. McCartney's my favorite artist of all time. Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band as an album is the most overrated album in music history. It, everybody looks at it as like everybody looks at it as like the gold standard of albums. It's trash. Like it's most of the songs on there are trash. I'll say it. Really? I'll say it. I mean, again. You, you have a song on there called Being for the Benefit of Mr. Kite. John Lennon literally just wrote down the words on a poster that he saw <laughs> standing outside of a show and, and just put the put the actual words on the poster to some music. So anyway, sorry. I, no, I I, hey, dude, I, you feel strongly, feel some type of way. Mm-hmm. No, I respect it. I respect it. Uh, number nine, this might come off as a little controversial to some people, but Nickelback. Wow, okay. I love Nickelback. I don't know. Like it came off when I was you're, a kid. You're in that dynamic. You're you're in that Why? dynamic. You think so? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now I'm not saying you're a grunge guy or anything like that. No, but, I'm not really. But, a you, grunge but you're guy. in that dynamic where let, let me put it like this: you're of that age where you think that's rock and roll. No, no, I don't think it's rock and roll. Uh, no, I don't. I don't know. No, it's. Uh. I, I just think it's it's fun music. It, it's not that. It's not that deep. I think they they received a lot of hate for a long time. I mean, the music's fun. It's more like I also have running jokes with friends about Nickelback, and I think it'd be fun to go to a concert. They're actually here in Atlanta a couple of oh, weeks ago. Really? Yeah, like I think a week or two ago, they were actually here, and I didn't realize it, and I, I, I didn't, didn't even buy realize tickets. That they were in, in town. Yeah, so. they're touring again. Mm-hmm. I, I, did, I just didn't get a t- chance to go. Uh, number eight, I'm gonna say Taylor Swift. I love to go see this era's tour I, thing. I, I, I listen. Great performers are great performers. I, I have. I, I am. Now my newest quest is getting tickets to uh, the Superdome in New Orleans because I didn't get a chance to go. I tried to get tickets here. Yeah. I tried to get tickets in Nashville. I tried to get tickets in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. And now my new quest is she's coming in in October of 2024 to New Orleans, and I'm trying to get into the Superdome for that. For my daughter, especially. Like no, my, of course. My daughter's, my daughter's a Swifty. How old is your daughter? She's 14. Oh, even not 100%. Yeah, she, she's a Swifty all the way. 100%. Number seven, and I'm going back in time for some of these lists, mm-hmm. Outcast. Okay. That'd be pretty damn cool to go see a concert for them. I, I, I still think they're going to do a reunion. They'll, they will eventually. Yeah, yeah. They have to, yes, eventually. They, yeah, exactly. It's going to happen. They'll be, they'll, with all due respect, there'll be too much money in it. For for them to, but they have to wait. They have to wait it out and like and build the anticipation a little bit more. Yeah, if they just yeah. do it to do it, then it's like. Eh. But if they do it now, they'd make a four. No, I mean, I mean you again, saw the lines. The, uh, you saw the lines at Truist Park the, when they did the the Outcast bobblehead. The, the Eagles. I got my hands the, on the one, Eagles, and they were going for four hundred dollars. Yeah, the the Eagles. The Eagles did the same thing. They they waited and they said, ah, there's too much money to not do this time tour. So speaking of the Eagles, I got them at number six. Uh, of the bands I'd want to go see, I, I'd I love wish, to go see I, the Eagles play. I, I, I truthfully, I wish I would have in seen the prime. Them. I, in the I prime. wish I would have seen them on their Hell Freezes Over tour 
because now that Glenn Fry is dead, like I was like, oh man, I should have, I yeah. should have gone to see them. Uh, I've also got Drake here on this list. Mm-hmm. I think he'd be good. I mean, he's probably one you, of the you can go top with, performers you can go, you can of this go generation. With, you can go with Dylon. I mean, Dylon yeah, can go exactly. See and Dom. Yeah. And uh, I mean, look. I mean, he's one of the great perform, one of the great artists of this generation. Um, so I think you feel like I, I, he has to be on that list. ACDC. Wow. I feel like it'd be a lot of fun to go see back in their prime, back back when they were playing, and I feel like that would be a fun show to go to. Their rhythm guitarist, I think, is dead now. Yeah. Um, I think I think Angus Young and Brian Johnston are still alive. I would have actually liked to have seen them when Bon Scott was the lead singer, but oh really? Uh, yes. Yeah. I mean, back when they were back when they were doing their thing, you know, I feel like that would be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three, I've got the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Really, I like okay. the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I think they're just—they're a fun band. Yeah, again, they're like kind of like in that vein of like Foo Fighters and you're guys like in that. that. In that age era of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, I mean it, it's just my—it's just my age range. Mm-hmm. Uh, two that are not really in my age range, but are two of the greatest performers in the history of of music: Michael Jackson and Prince. Those are my last two. So I did see Prince in concert. I so feel like that I, would have been incredible. Yes. I've, I, I I've seen him. some of the videos of him when he just goes off on a guitar riff and it's just completely off script and everyone else is like, all right, well, this, is, this is what we're doing. I saw him. But he's I incredible. I saw him down the street here at the Piedmont Civic Center Ooh. for the Hit and Run Tour. Okay. And um, that was early, like I think it was 99, 2000, 2001, somewhere around in that range, mm-hmm. um, that it was just at the Piedmont Civic Center, which is not a very big arena, but he didn't announce that he was coming. I, I had found out that he was coming because they, they sold tickets the day of the show. That's the only time that they sold tickets was no the kidding. day of the show. And I found out that he was coming, and I was able to get my tickets right away Wow! Um, because I knew that he was coming and ended up seeing him. And let me tell you, that was the greatest collection of beautiful people I've ever seen. <laughs> like, like there were all of the most beautiful people on stage in or in the in the crowd. No, no, in the crowd. Oh, like, I that bet. was the most beautiful group of people I'd ever seen. Like that was. The, you were probably thinking, what were you? What were you doing? Yeah, there? exactly. I was thinking, like, wait a second, what am I doing? Here? <laughs> you know. But that was a that was a great concert. So, but Michael Jackson's the other one. He's just a. a I obviously yeah, I he wish, died when I was I, 10, I, w- 12. I wish I, w- I wish I would have seen Michael. I, I really wish I would have seen him. Yeah, he was going on that last tour. When or he he'd announced that last tour right before he died, mm-hmm. and I, I think that was, I mean it it, it would have been incredible to see him in like the eighties or nineties oh, back yeah, when he was yeah, young yeah. Michael. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. All right. Very quickly. Um. So these are people that I would see today that I would pay money for today to see. I, I wish I would have gone to see Anita Baker here the couple of times she's come to Atlanta. She'd be on my list. Um. Genesis. And I know Phil Collins doesn't do a whole lot, and Genesis has toured some, but definitely would be a Genesis. Um, I've always wanted to go see Garth Brooks. I know he was, you know, here a few years ago, but I would like to see his stage show and everything that goes along with it. Um, and I missed this concert, you know, a while back, but New Edition. I would have liked to see. And by the way, I've got 11 on my list. New Edition and Keith Sweat, because again, I, I love that. I love that New Jack Swing era of music. Um, Janet Jackson would be somebody that I would pay money today to go see. Bruno Mars is another guy that, again, you talk about okay. great singers, entertainers, musicians, all that kind of stuff. Bruno Mars is a guy that's uh, on my list. Um, Billy Joel, I've never seen Billy Joel in concert. I hear um, he's still fun. Yeah, and again, he's just one of those guys that you need to see in your yeah. lifetime. So, um, I saw a picture of Billy Joel on this note. 
Billy Joel never looks like what I would expect Billy Joel would look like. Well, he for whatever reason. All, yeah, he has all kinds of different looks. I mean, it's weird. Now he's lost all his hair. Yeah. Um, I should have gone to see Elton John a few years ago. Oh but yeah. I missed that on him. Um, I do have Taylor Swift on my list. I would like to see her in concert. And my other one is, believe it or not, Dua Lipa. I, I love Dua Lipa. Dua Lipa. Oh, I love Dua Lipa. Wow, that was I, not something I would oh, have had on your I, list. I, I am. I am. If you gave me a hundred guesses, I would not have said Dua I Lipa. I am all about girly pop, man. I am all Look about at you, girly man. pop. Girl I, dad. I, I love my Selena Gomez's and my Taylor Swift's and my Dua Lipas. And you know Olivia Rod- <laughs> Olivia Rodrigo, like I love all. Oh the, man, you, you're love, like an angsty breakup album. Absolutely, I love young girl pop. So how there about you go. that? All right, when we come back, we're going to talk to John Talty. We'll talk some college football with him. Coming up next, Chuck Green and Kia Studios, Sports Radio 929 The Game, Odyssey.com app. Sports Radio 92.9, the game back at a Chuck Show, hanging out in the Kia Studios on this Sunday afternoon with you. 404-726-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Well, we talk a lot about the Falcons, but college football is right around the corner as well. And uh, Coach's poll has already come out. And uh, obviously we've got a lot of conference, I don't know, misalignment, realignment, whatever we're calling it now these days. Let's head out to the wadeford.com hotline. Let's talk to the senior writer for 247 Sports. John Talty is joining us, and uh, you can find him on his personal Twitter page, at jtalty. John, uh, appreciate a few minutes uh, here in Atlanta. Thanks for being on the show today. Absolutely. Appreciate you having me on. So before we get into all the craziness with the conferences and stuff like this, you know, what What do you think was the breakdown with this negotiated deal that Michigan and Jim Harbaugh and the NCAA had? Like, what kind of all of a sudden changed in this? Is Jim Harbaugh just betting on himself in this scenario? Or what, what kind of changed it all of a sudden this 23rd and a half hour? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. I think people expected it to be resolved and you know talking to some people around Michigan that was certainly expectation that he was going to miss the first four games of the season and then it breaks down like we saw it yesterday to me just you know it seems like much more of on the NCAA committee of infraction standpoint um, you know they released a statement yesterday to the media that was you know a little spicy honestly and more so than you would expect from an NCAA statement making you know clear to point out that it wasn't just a cheeseburger as it's kind of been referred to um, about these violations. And I thought it was interesting, Tom Mars, you know, a guy who's represented plenty of different athletes and things against the NCAA in the past has been, you know, one of Jim's lawyers and he expressed some, you know, issue with the fact that they're not allowed to talk about the case as part of the situation. And then the NCAA is issuing a pretty strong statement. So I felt like the NCAA committee of infractions kind of went against, I guess, uh, the deal. I mean, we see it sometimes in real life too, where, you know, a prosecutor will negotiate a, a plea deal or something like that. And the judge ultimately says no to it and sends it back. Uh, so I think that's a little bit of kind of what happened here, but, you know, I guess the good news is that for Jim is that you know, he's going to get a chance to coach every game of the season, but I do think it'll lead to even more speculation, especially if he's looking at a big penalty down the line that, you know, he might have NFL interest again. Well, you know, again, can Michigan, I mean, that, that's been some of the rumor, too, is Michigan instituting its own in-house, you know, uh, discipline or penalties, you know, for Harbaugh to kind of, you know, get through all of this. I mean, is that something that Michigan would look at doing themselves? 
Well, if we look at kind of the, the precedent track record, the NCAA typically has rewarded schools that take you know, actions into their own hands. We saw it recently with Tennessee where, you know, if you can kind of get ahead of it a little bit, you know, sometimes they give you the benefit of the doubt. But I think the situation is a little bit different. I mean, again, we'll see what they end up deciding to do. But the fact that they had, you know, come to this resolution, they had this negotiated deal, and then it got blown up at kind of the last minute, to me would lend toward not really doing anything on your own and just kind of waiting to see how it all plays out. And I think, you know, those four games weren't exactly against the, the, the best teams in the in the country, but it's also, I mean, this is a Michigan team that feels like it has a real shot to, you know, win a national championship. So I don't think you'd really want to put any particularly, you know, strenuous self-imposed penalties on yourself, knowing that the potential of this team. Uh, and you mentioned about the, obviously they are number two uh, in the coaches poll. Are you a little bit surprised that Georgia wasn't the unanimous favorite? I mean, I know Alabama got four votes. Actually, Ohio State only got one vote in this thing. But are you surprised a little bit that Georgia, I, I know the idea of three-peating, you know, is probably out of the question. But, again, this has been the most, you know, dominant program the last two years and no reason to think that they won't go into the SEC championship undefeated again. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think it's two things. I think it's one – like you pointed out, you know, the, 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 you know, the challenges that come with, you know, trying to win three in a row are obviously very arduous. And so I think there's some people probably just, you know, Hey, there's no way they're going to win three in a row. I'll vote for somebody else. But I also think it's kind of a little bit of what we saw last year. And I think there's more respect this time around, but you know, after Georgia wins its first national championship, they obviously lose, you know, quite a few talented guys at the NFL draft and, you know, they they were not the, the preseason pick last year. That was Alabama. And I think some people kind of doubted that they were going to be able to keep it up. And so I think we're seeing a little bit of that this year round two, where, again, they lost multiple really talented guys uh, to the NFL, including, you know, Stetson Bennett, who seemed to be playing pretty well the other night in the NFL. But, yeah, I think there's questions. All right, who's, who's going to be the starting QB? How good is he going to be? You know, how are they going to play some of the guys on defense? Those typical type questions. But clearly there's still a lot of respect for them to be at the top. And, you know, if the – AP poll coming out tomorrow. I would expect, you know, Georgia to be number one in that as well. John Talty joining us here on the waitford.com hotline. <clears throat> Excuse me, senior writer for 247 Sports. So, you know, I, I, I describe conferences as cities in the sense that a city is either progressing or it's regressing. You can't just stand still and, and continue to – you're either going to go in one direction – or the other. I feel like that's the way conferences are now. If you're not growing and expanding, then you're going to get left behind. And look, I, I, I don't, I know about the geographic challenges that, and I guess four schools are opposed to Cal and Stanford being in the ACC, but you have to grow. I mean, that's the reality of, of where this thing is. And, you know, again, the PAC 12 thought that if everything was just going to kind of be the way that it was. And all of a sudden, once one school, that domino effect kind of fell. Do you feel that way? I mean, do you feel like conferences have to kind of be open to the idea of expanding or you're going to get left behind? Well, whether they have to or not, I guess, is up for debate. But I think certainly they feel like they have to. And I think to your point, you know, one of the, the, the number one area where I feel like there's that need for growth is in the financial revenue standpoint. It feels like these schools think if we're not growing at the same level as, say, the SEC, 
or the Big Ten, then we're falling behind. And you know, I go back to a famous Teddy Roosevelt quote that I think applies to the situation, and that's, you know, comparison is the thief of joy. And I think ACC is a great example. You know, a lot of these schools have done very well. Clemson's obviously you know, kind of developed itself into a national power, winning multiple national championships. And it's not that they're not making a lot of money. It's just that they're not making as much money as the SEC and Big Ten. And that's led to a lot of, you know, consultation and, and agita and other kind of unrest within the ACC. And I think that's kind of what we're seeing really across the board. I mean, if you look at it from just comparison standpoint, I mean, they're all making way more money than they used to, but they all, they're not comparing it to themselves. They're comparing themselves to other conferences. And so we saw what happened to the PAC 12. And I think now all eyes are on the ACC when it comes to Florida state Clemson, whether they're able to, you know, keep those schools long-term, whether those schools challenge the grant of rights, and whether the commissioner, Jim Phillips, is able to find some creative options to try to get those schools more money because clearly they are very upset when they look at the bottom line that they are potentially $30 million behind the you know, Big Ten and SEC moving forward when it comes to TV revenue. And, John, was the, was the ACC in some ways – I don't know, maybe it's luck or maybe it was savviness, but, you know, the idea of how difficult it's going to be to get out of the ACC conference, um, you know, without some stiff penalties, you know, maybe they were ahead of this thing. I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just luck that that it worked out the way that it is. But, you know, I feel like that, you know, we're not going to see as much movement as far as exodus from the ACC because of the difficulties of, of getting out of some of these conferences. So I think it's one part brilliant and one part terrible. And here's why I'll explain that. The the fact that they're locked into 2036, I think, is brilliant. I mean, like you said, it's, you know, I think eventually somebody will probably challenge it. But the fact that no one has to this point, given all the unrest, speaks to how strong of a legal document that is. And I'm not a lawyer, but I've talked to plenty of people who are, and they feel pretty strongly about the document. Now, the, the, the bad part of that deal is that, in fact, they are locked into a TV deal until 2036. That's right. not getting any better. So it's kind of a, you know, you can look at it to catch 22 in some regard. It gives them in some way strength, but it also limits their ability to go back to market the way we saw the Big Ten do and the SEC do. So you know, the ACC made a decision in which they badly wanted a conference TV network. So they took a longer term deal that is just falling behind the rest of the conferences. So it's, it gives them strength, but it also clearly is leading to schools like Florida state saying like, we can't wait until 2036 to get a better deal. Like it's 2023. Like we got to find ways in the near term to start making more money. And so that's, it's a real big question that we've got to figure out. And, and John, you know, I, I think that in some ways, and, and this may seem odd when I say this, but I think Notre Dame came out as a winner in, in all of this, that, Again, they don't have to go to a football conference and be a football member. They can stay with basketball and swimming and polo and everything else in the ACC, but they don't have to. I don't think at the end of the day, I don't think it behooves them to get into a football conference. They may not get the money that they're exactly looking for, but I still think that their independence has a lot of value to it on the marketplace. No question. I mean, you could you could argue they are holding the best hand in college football right now because if they ever decided to give up their independence, the Big Ten, SEC, ACC, you throw Big Twelve in there too, even though it wouldn't make sense. Every single one of them would gladly take Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. So they know that if the you know 
the carousel stops spinning at some point, they have a seat anywhere they want it. But they don't need it right now. They have an incredible deal. I, I do think it's a little interesting that, you know, they, they were allegedly one of the schools pushing for the ACC to expand, and yet there's not even a full member there. So they kind of are able to have their cake and eat it too, in which they can do whatever they want with football. They're obviously making a tremendous amount of money through NBC with that, and then all of their other sports that really don't generate revenue, they're able to park safely in the ACC. I mean, it's it's an incredible deal that they have, and you know, I think if you're them, there's no reason to give up your independence unless you're absolutely forced to, and it doesn't seem like that's likely anytime soon. Last question for you, John. What do you think ultimately happens to the Pac-12? Like, I, I don't think that they're going to just disband their conference and they're going to get rid of the Pac-12 I think they'll do whatever they have to to hold on to whatever financial, you know, uh, obligations are or whatever. What do you think ultimately happens to the Pac-12? Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a person who I enjoy following on Twitter named Andrew Brandt. He has this kind of quote that, you know, there will be lawyers, right? And so that, that to me is my first answer is there will be lawyers, and there are already lawyers involved in which there's a lot of complicated things to figure out. You know, if you decide to try to keep it together, figuring out, you know, can, what schools can we add, you know, whether that's adding schools from the American Conference, which have a lesser uh, exit fee, whether it's trying to merge with the Mountain West, because otherwise those schools have a you know pretty onerous exit fee. If it's disbanding, is it there a way to keep, you know, the NCAA units that you get through basketball, TV? There's, there's just a lot of really complicated things to figure out. So the, in some ways, the Pac-12 imploded pretty fast. But I think the actual end resolution here, whether it's, the end overall or some sort of rebranding, I think is going to take some time. Uh, things are still moving quickly. Clearly there's different people involved. You know, Oliver Luck is now involved for the Pac-12 trying to help advise them moving forward. But there, there's some different options at hand, and I don't think it's necessarily the end of the Pac-12. Uh, I think it's still a brand that has some, some cachet, and I think it's certainly, you know, there's some strong things within it. But there's only four schools, so they've got to figure some things out about whether – they're all going to go their own way or whether there's a way to really reform it in a way that makes sense for everybody. So I think we'll see some resolution, some of it coming up, but I think overall some of the complicated issues are going to take a while to figure out. John Talty is the senior writer for 247 Sports, and he joined me here on the waitfor.com hotline. You can find him on his personal Twitter page, at Talty. John, really appreciate the conversation. Thanks, buddy, for a few minutes in Atlanta, and we'll talk again soon. Thanks. Appreciate it. You got it. When we come back from the top of the hour, we will get a little bit more in this Jim Harbaugh conversation because sounds like Jim Harbaugh's really betting on himself in all of this. Chuck, we're hanging out with you in the key studios. Sports Radio 929 The Game, the Odyssey.com app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.